It's not a one country thing, it's an African agenda. This is African Insight with Derek Mazarura. We embody comprehensive assessments of infrastructure projects on the African continent and all issues related to African development, inclusive landmark impulsions for Africa. Welcome to African Insight and I'm your host Derek Mazarura on Channel Africa DSTV 802. African Insights is a weekly show that focuses on infrastructure projects on the African continent and all issues African development. Let's have a conversation for African Solutions on Twitter at African Insight 3, on Facebook Derek Mazarura, on LinkedIn African Insights and also Derek Mazarura. If you're in other parts of Africa and the world at large, it's plus 27682952710. You can also catch us on our website, channelafrica.co.za. We would love to hear your views concerning the conversations we have here on African Insights for the development of our continent and our own people. Today on the show, we are talking digital transformation and innovation in South Africa and Africa at large with Daniel Naidu and Prabha Badal, both directors of CXI Africa and Vasitsana Sputuma and Kokitsutswai, both beneficiaries of digital transformation and innovation initiatives in Africa, and Kent Yimba, a digital transformation business developer. Lady and gentlemen, would like to take this auspicious occasion to welcome you to the show. Daniel, you can get us started. Give us a sense of who CXI Africa is and what is your organization's involvement in digital transformation and innovation in Africa and why now? So CXI is a training and development company uh, focusing on digital skills um, in extended reality. Extended reality being the abbreviated uh, term uh, that encompasses augmented reality, virtual reality, and mixed reality. We are now in the fourth industrial revolution space, 4IR, commonly known as 4IR, and the world is now geared towards engaging our value chain, our supply chain, and uh, our way of interaction or transferring knowledge using components of the fourth industrial revolution. One of those components is extended reality. And CXIA has now decided to uh, put out its curriculum, which we have developed uh, using partners around the world, uh, which is internationally aligned, to teach our youth, our people, our communities on the basic skills that are part of extended reality or uh, lay the foundations for extended reality. We feel that this component of the fourth industrial revolution creates 
and equitable access to information. How is that done? Through simulation. We are now able to simulate what is it, what it is that we are trying to express uh, verbally. And as we all know, that in most countries in Africa, English is not uh, the first language or is not the spoken language. So we need other forms or other methods of transferring knowledge. Simulation has been used extensively in the past, uh, albeit in, in, uh, in, in a few sectors, mainly in the aerospace sector, as you know. And so we now have the opportunity of taking this particular platform to the multitude of people around Africa. How, how do we, how do we, uh, we do this? Well, we know that smartphone, the penetration of smartphones in Africa is 72%. The thing that's lacking in smartphones is content. So if we can provide this type of content on smartphones, then we are now giving access to information to a lot of those that wouldn't necessarily afford it. Okay? And, and doing this on, a, on scale will allow us to do it at a cost-effective rate. We now offer the opportunity to people in the rural areas, people in the sub-socioeconomic areas, to have access to simulation, have access to 3D interactive immersive applications. What this does is gives our kids, gives our youth, gives our people, when I say our people, I refer to the natives of Africa, the opportunity to now view what is it that we're trying to talk about, whether it's illustrations, whether it's uh, uh, proof of concepts in a different uh, perspective than they had if it was reading a newspaper article or magazine or seeing it on TV. Mr. Badal, please put us in the picture of your company's involvement in making Africa a digital world. CXI Africa is a, a we, we launched CXI Africa in order to pursue um, the um, to pursue a skills revolution and to, uh, to, to, to broaden or to, to narrow the digital divide um, within South Africa generally, but, but also within the continent of Africa. Because as South Africans, we can't be seen as living in a bubble or in isolation to the rest of our colleagues uh, and our fraternal friends in Africa, in the rest of Africa, sorry. Uh, uh, we, we always forget sometimes that we're part of the, con the, the broader continent and, and sometimes the, world's, the world perceives us as being outside the, 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 the continent of Africa uh, largely because of our be behavioral tendencies. But in, in, in trying to narrow the, the digital divide, we, we, we um, want to uh, unleash a skills revolution, a digital transformation revolution uh, not only in South Africa, but into the rest of Africa.
And as uh, uh, Daniel Naidu has uh, pointed out, we're targeting primarily the youth. Ken, your understanding of why Africa needs digital transformation and innovation now? It's important in this time we're all facing the world actually to upgrade. As Mr. Naidu said, it's the time now to upgrade not just people who work, but any individual who can try to make a living so that this skill is very important and it should be exposed to anybody and everybody. Koketso, what could Africa benefit from this? Okay, uh, in, in my opinion, uh, in terms of this uh, venture, which is our field of XR, it seems like a great, great opportunity because it, from coming from experience, uh, for example, when you take uh, uh, my background, whereby you, can, you cannot afford to have such, certain things, especially in your school. Let's say you have your experiments in school for chemistry or science your school can't afford it because of the background and where you are. But with this uh, field, we can enable each and every student, regardless of whether they can't afford it or not. But because it's so cost effective, anybody can afford it. So we're bridging the gap between the poor or the middle class and the high class. So where everybody has access to the same content through the field of XR. Wasetana, do you have anything to add to that? Absolutely. Thank you so much for that question, uh, Brother Derek. I mean, in my experience, uh, when I've learned um, AVR and mixed reality content development, to tell you the truth, I came from university with a multimedia background. And when I did the internship that was introduced by uh, Eon Reality, an international company in Pretoria, Hatfield, powered by a city of Swanee, I did it in 2016. I knew nothing about um, all of this. I remember orientation period, I was so overwhelmed and scared to know that I was um, expected to develop content for such platforms. But after I graduated from the course, my life has really absolutely never been the same again. I got an opportunity to also mentor the students from um, the next enrollment. And it is a very warm and fulfilling feeling to receive a text as I facilitated and trained some of them that, um, Basi, we thank you so much for such opportunities because the digital divide that exists in Africa is slowly being bridged. I'm just a girl next door who knew nothing about these things. And today I can deploy for various AVR um, platforms such as, I mean, the um, HTC Vibes and the smartphone that um, you carry around can now be more than just receiving and sending text messages. I can be immersed in a whole different environment just from my smartphone. I can learn content that I didn't understand from a textbook can, can now be put through a simulation and I can have a broader understanding of what is being taught scientifically and in studying um, mathematically as well. So in my experience, this is a tool that has brought so much change to people's lives. I mean, mine personally speaking. And the future is now. I mean, already other continents are venturing into the fifth industrial revolution and Africans are still on the fourth. But slowly but surely, as we, we bridge this 
divide, we understand the importance of adapting to these latest technologies. And now there are platforms for us to learn this content. There are platforms for us to also be in, put these type of technologies in our current projects, in our workforces. Thank you, Basitsana. Having said that, what advice would you give to a somebody interested from a high density suburb, for instance, in Soweto, South Africa? Okay. Um, my advice to someone from Soweto who wants to know how to develop um, mixed reality content is that um, there are opportunities within the syllabus and curriculum itself that uh, is, is being offered. Uh, for instance, you learn more than just AVR content development. You come, you exit as a student who knows everything from 3D asset creation, who can independently freelance and make money from, from 3D asset creation. And there is programming as well because courses such as these are available internationally. And now this is an opportunity that you get a course locally that you are trained by local market who have proof of concept that this has worked. We have been through the course though when it came to us, it was at, um, trained through um, an international company. But the good thing is we were wise enough to grab this opportunity so that we can distribute the skills to our people. So now if they, they get, come across a course that offers AVR content development, mixed reality content development, and you are in Soweto, it is possible. And it is the influx of demand for such skill is internationally and locally is rising and so such skills such as these time to grab them is now because change is happening now the future is now so i would say to that i was once as well a small town girl who knew nothing about this but i have grabbed these opportunities and today i can facilitate I can train, I can coordinate um, the, the course, I can also develop content as well. Koketso, what kind of advice would you give to a somebody in a high-density area in Africa? Uh, from my side, I just want to say uh, there's certain misconceptions that are made when it comes to the IT industry. Uh, a lot of people tend to run away from me thinking that uh, it's difficult. Uh, or oh, I can't do it. Uh, my advice to a person thinking about this is that you won't know until you try because I also didn't know anything uh, when I started out, but it only took me to say, okay, let me sit down and give myself time to learn this thing. And even though I was limited in terms of uh, equipment and technology, your phone is the most powerful tool. It's, it's a window to technology. So just by sitting down and using your phone, you can learn to program just using your phone. We're going to take a short break. And after the break, the conversation continues. Have you ever asked yourself, what on earth am I here for? When God placed his image in us, he placed a sense of eternity within us. What is my purpose in life? I was made for greatness. I just don't know what it is yet, but I was made for greatness. Life by Design explores the journey of people from around the continent who live a life of purpose. They share their experience on how they discovered what they were meant to do. Join me, Amanda Machaga, every Monday at 8.05 Central African Time for your weekly dose of Monday Motivation only on Channel Africa, The African Perspective. Life by Design. Be the update of your life. life. 
Welcome back. And if you're just joining us, we are talking digital transformation and innovation in South Africa and Africa to a good degree with Daniel Naidu and Prabha Badal, both directors of CXI Africa, and Vasitsana Sputuma Koketsu Tswai and Kant Yimba, all part of the Digital Transformation and Innovation Initiative in Africa. Do not forget to tweet us at African Insight 3. And if you'd like to chat, my WhatsApp is 0682952710. And if you're outside, plus 27682952710. Daniel, what plan does your organization have for growing youth populations in Africa in terms of skills, equipment, and training programs? Uh, you know, Africa as as the, the the best asset in the world, which is the human resource asset, and we have the largest youth population in the world. Uh, so, if we look at other countries around the world, uh, and 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 look at how they were able to successfully successfully engage on the global stage. It was through the human resources. So we should take heart in the fact that we have strong, a strong uh, youthful um, population in most countries in Africa. And let's empower them to be the generation that takes Africa to the next level. And we can do that by putting digital skills in their hands. Because then they can now export their skills to the rest of the world. We don't want to be important. We have been caught up in this import uh, um, way of doing business. Importing from the East, importing from the West. Whereas we have the necessary resources right here at our doorstep. And as I said earlier on, there's a 72% penetration of smartphones. And who are using these smartphones? The youth. And we've now got to weaponize these smartphones with the content, with the right content. And let the world come to us. We can be the Silicon Valley of the world. We, we have the necessary ingredients to do that. So let's power the youth. Let's power our communities. Let's empower Africa. Mr. Badal, how are women responding to such training programs? Well, you can see a prime example of uh, my colleague Batsasana uh, being a beneficiary of um, uh, uh, using her talent to be a beneficiary of, of the program uh, that was uh, uh, rolled out by the city of Swane. Um, and, uh, and I think she'll attest to the fact that there were, there were predominantly more women on that program than, 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 than male, if not 50-50. I think, uh, I think from a, a, a woman empowerment perspective, I think the, the, the world as we've seen it, we've seen a lot of innovation and uh, capabilities that, that, um, that uh, 
are possessed by women. And if given the opportunity, and especially if given the opportunity to shine within the digital revolution, the fourth industrial digital revolution that we are uh, on the cusp of, uh, we, we think that uh, women would be the dominating, um, uh, young women especially, would be the dominating um, uh, uh, gender. To come back to you quick, Basetsana, on the issue of women, do you agree with Mr. Badal and are there any challenges faced by women in this industry? Yes, uh, thank you so much for that. Um, I will answer you now from my experience as uh, someone who has operated the, the center previously. And I had been part of um, the recruitment process, selection process, training, etc., etc. So upon recruitment, I would agree with uh, Mr. Badal and say that today there are a lot of women who are taking advantage of this opportunity. Just like any other male dominant industry, today we have women who are aggressively grabbing opportunities to work in these industries. They don't fear them anymore. And I being one of them. And I would say that um, the, the, the scale is almost equal as he said. Because today, even in, in classes where they conduct um, ICT trainings, we have women who are at the forefront and are taking advantage of um, such opportunities. So I do agree that the program uh, now is there are women who are um, part of the larger group of, of the organizations and the programs. Daniel to a part that we have already touched, but only a bit in our conversation. The people on the ground, how are they accommodated? Please tell us more. So what, what we have set up, um, or our setup consists of an in-person learning environment. So in other words, we have a venue whereby uh, we provide curriculum facilitators, uh, the uh, computer equipment, uh, the software uh, to train uh, the enrollees or students that come in. We make a, an intensive and intentional effort to focus our marketing on the previously disadvantaged areas, the townships. And we have been very fortunate in that we have been getting a very, very good response uh, from the townships, from the areas that were previously disadvantaged. Because as I said, Derek, uh, everybody, well, a lot of our youth, even in the townships, have smartphones. And they now understand that we can now develop uh, AR, VR applications uh, on those smartphones. This now allows uh, females to to acquire these skills and work from home. So we have now, for those of, of, of the uh, uh, female demographic, demographic group that needs to be at home because uh, they have children to take care of or uh, they have other inhibiting factors that can't, doesn't allow them to leave home, they can now acquire these skills and work from home. Development in AR, VR can be done on your smartphone or on your laptop at home. 
and then exported to the company that requires them. So we don't have to now take women out of uh, the, the, their, their uh, place at home or, or if they are uh, supposed to be at home, they can now be skilled while still tending to uh, the requirements at home. Mr. Badal, your take on people from disadvantaged backgrounds and how do your programs cater for them? Well, well, listen, um, I think um, we, we've seen the ravages of COVID, right? Uh, we've seen um, the ravages of the fact that 45% of households um, globally do not have access to the internet. And, and probably the number is, 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 is maybe higher in South Africa and the rest of Africa. Uh, the, the fact that we, we, we live in, 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 in a probably a hybrid society, where, uh, in, especially in South Africa, where um, accessibility is available. And as Daniel has said earlier, 72% penetration of smartphones means that there is accessible uh, broadband and data available to, 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 more, to some people. Uh, we mustn't be incognizant of the fact that uh, the digital divide itself is, is, is flawed with the fact that there's um, biasness towards class, biasness towards uh, um, uh, um, uh, 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 economic status, etc. Et right? But with that being said, I think in high-density environments, it gives us opportunity. The fact that we do have some infrastructure gives us the opportunity to, to reset and reskill uh, and to skill and to upskill um, uh, those that are in dire need of it. Uh, we've seen the ravage of COVID uh, uh, against small business, you know, which uh, constitute at least 40 to 60% of our national economy. And, um, and, and we now seen the un unemployment rate drastically increasing about 40%, which is unprecedented in South Africa. So the high density, in the high-density areas, especially in your established cities, um, uh, it, it, it presents a huge opportunity because we see um, rural migration into the urban centers, right, seeking for a better life. Uh, and uh, we think that there is an opportunity now for, for us to upskill um, those that are seeking employment or employability um, whether it's graduates or non-graduates, to embark on, 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 uh, on attaining some uh, fourth in, uh, or, or, or digital transformation skill um, using uh, AVR, using extended reality, and, and other host of uh, areas around um, the fourth industrial revolution. So I, I think there's a huge opportunity for, uh, you know, for, for the urban uh, generation to, to exploit in this regard. Koketso, where does your story begin and how were you led to this industry? I did computer engineering at UT and for our final year, you have to do some uh, in-service training for at least a year to complete your qualification. So this led me to the Twani IDC that uh, Basti spoke about, which was run by the city of Twani. 
So in that time, I did not know anything about uh, AVR or XR, even that. All I knew was, okay, uh, programming and things like that. So as soon as we started the program, I, I started to understand more of what, what, what is virtual reality, augmented and mixed reality. And I started to see the opportunities that it provides because I saw a lot that could be done that could have helped while I was still in high school. So we, we could have created simulations whereby it could, have, it could have helped in terms of us understanding the material that was being taught to us. So that, that is when I started to fall in love with it and I decided to, you know, master it. And also, uh, which brings us here today to the CXI-Africa, whereby we get to train others. I want, I, I want the ability to be able to sit in a room uh, with, full of uh, youth, whereby they, they, we can inspire the same inspiration that I felt at the time when I started at the 20 IDC. So I feel like this is a great opportunity, not just for us, but for Africa as a whole, because it's not only going to bridge the digital divide that Ken spoke about, it's also going to give somebody a sense of uh, assurance, a sense of security, knowing that, okay, I'm moving with the fourth industrial revolution, preparing myself for the fifth industrial revolution so that we, we don't become a continent of, in each and every revolution, we're always behind. So if we can get Africa to the same level as the world, we can all move in unison. We're going to take a quick break. Join us after the break. It's about the people. In as much as we are one continent, but I think realities in the respective countries are different. The IFF represents a major drain in capital revenues in Africa. Because without the political will, no major efforts can be made. Please rate Africa's confidence in China. Are our people in safe hands? Nigeria, like other African countries, have been in bed for lack of a better word with Chinese. Jurisdiction and, and framework to what extent? African governments, African states are increasingly failing their populations. We have a very high appetite for foreign debt. You and me make Africa, Africa. and And we have have a job job to do. African Insights is a show that constructively assesses all issues, infrastructure and development across the African continent. Join me, Derek Mazarura, every Wednesday morning at 8.05 CAT. Together, let's find solutions for Africa. Channel Africa, the African Perspective. We are coming from a quick break and the conversation is digital transformation and innovation in South Africa and Africa at large with Daniel Naidu, Praba Badal, Vasitsana Sputuma, Koketsu Swai and Kent Yimba, all part of the digital transformation and innovation facilitation in Africa. Daniel, in terms of pricing, how do you ensure that low-income earners are considered during enrollment and throughout the programs? So, um, what we've done is we have uh, priced our um, um, 
program uh, in line with uh, uh, local uh, market-related um, training uh, programs. Uh, if let me just put this in context. If if the same program uh, came from an international company, it would cost in the region of uh, $150,000. Um, our program runs uh, for three months. It's full-time, uh, Monday to Friday, eight hours a day. And uh, the cost of the entire program is 65,000 rands. And we have now got the endorsement of uh, a software engineering entity in Johannesburg, uh, JCSC. Um, uh, we are currently looking for or, or awaiting accreditation uh, from a leading university. And, I, and I'd like to uh, keep that uh, quiet for now till we have confirmation thereof. Um, and I can tell you it's a leading university in South Africa and it's probably, it's probably one of the top five in Africa. Um, and the reason why we have put it over three months and not six months and 12 months, because we feel that technology evolves on a 24-hour basis. If we keep a student around for longer than three months, uh, what they would have learned uh, after they get out may not be usable in the marketplace. And so we want them to be relevant. Three months, you, you get certified in, in, in extended reality. Um, and then we are... The other important aspect of this is that we are currently in discussions with corporate South Africa, different industries, mining, agriculture, education, banking, to find uh, uh, a link between the skills that we are developing and the requirements in the marketplace. And so we are now developing MOUs with various stakeholders in the marketplace to place these graduates in jobs. Basitsana, what kind of challenges have you realized are faced by people in the society that are interested but unable to get funding? And what role do you think can be played by the government and the private sector in order to help such people? Okay. Um, the challenges that come with um, people who want to enroll on the courses and cannot are obviously um, stipends. Um, we've experienced that before um, because um, we called it by then, it's a transport fee um, provision. Um, that means that most students then struggle to attend because they don't have provision of stipends that can assist them with um, reaching to the school, coming directly to the school and receiving training. So what we did back then was to then appeal for them with CTAS. Local South Africa has um, CTAS that we work with in terms of providing for stipends to students that then step in. We have Bank CETA, we have MICT CETA that step in in terms of providing for, for, for um, stipends for these students. So them not being able to travel to school will then affect their work. 
Mr. Badal, speaking of industries, how can key economic sectors take full advantage of digital transformation and innovation, especially during a time as this, when economies need to recover the most from COVID-19 consequences? Digital transformation um, in the new normal, you know, um, you know, it depends on the pace and, and nature of, uh, of how companies will apply um, digital transformation across their own um, institutions. And these can be influenced by size, by the industry, the type of maturity they have in terms of their systems and their capabilities, obviously. Um, but, uh, you know, um, for digital transformation to succeed, you know, everything needs to be prioritized and planned. And the companies must, uh, you, know, um, you know, they must uh, build on new values, new business models, the operating models, new supply chains, new decision-making uh, methodologies, new financial and investment method methodologies, new talent methodologies. And I think the critical one for me, is, as Daniel said, is the issue of talent, how we close the skills gap. How we use it to then rapidly transform the business environment to respond to the to the new economy and the new skills that has been now uh, uh, rolled out through digital transformation. You know, with the with the new skills and the new within the new economy, it then has a knock on a knock on effect on the rest of the businesses and the rest of the economy and the rest of the sectors. As I indicated to you earlier on. The, the Ford Motor Company is, 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 is launch, uh, has launched a, a program where they're using um, virtual and augmented reality to, um, to, um, to enhance their business model. I mean, this is going to have a knock-on effect, not only in the motor industry, but also the, 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 the industrial sector, where, which feeds into the motor industry. Basitana, from your own personal experiences with the program, where do you think this program and other programs of this nature could be improved? Okay. Um, we can incorporate uh, artificial intelligence, which was, I remember earlier on, I spoke a little bit about the fifth industrial revolution that the rest of the world is gearing towards. So, Artificial intelligence is pretty much a robotic programming, which means now the world is going towards an era where robots are programmed to do daily duties that human beings do. And that is done to um, minimize human error, to also um, gear and move towards the next generation of technology that is taking over the world. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on African Insights. Daniel, to close, if there is anyone who would like to inquire about the program, how can you be reached? Uh, we can be contacted at info on info at cxi-africa.com. Contact number 083-284-9549. And our website is www.cxi-africa.com. 
We've come to the end of our show, but the conversation continues on Twitter at African Insight 3, on Facebook, Derek Mazarura, on LinkedIn, African Insights, and also Derek Mazarura. If you are in South Africa, my WhatsApp is 68 And for those in other parts of the world, Blast two seven six eight two nine five two seven one zero. Would like to hear from you. You make the conversation work and Africa a better place. Join me again next week, same time on African Insights Channel Africa DSTV eight o two. My name is Derek Mazarula, and it's bye for now. 